Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and guests. Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode number 78. We're coming to you this week from Toronto in Canada. You're with myself, Paul Spain, and my special guest today is Mary Jo Foley from ZDNet, all about Microsoft. Thank you for uh, for coming back on the show. I guess it's been uh, been a year since we last uh, last had you on. Yep, that's the truth. It's it's gone fast, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, now, lot lots going on here at Microsoft's uh, WPC or Worldwide Partner Conference. Uh, we've, w- I guess, seen uh, more changes from Microsoft uh, over these last twelve months in terms of how they release their news and information they're uh, they're being quite uh, quite coy at times they're uh, 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 I guess planning out how and when they're going to release their information so last week we had uh, a bunch of information released around Windows Server 2012 and Microsoft small business server product so that uh, small business product which Probably not something consumers would have come across too much, but certainly uh, smaller businesses, which New Zealand has a lot of, uh, will be will be somewhat impacted by this change. And alongside that, uh, we were talking earlier is the Windows Home Server product, right? That's uh, that's been uh, dipped by Microsoft as well. Yeah, that that one's one that hit a lot of uh, people who are tech enthusiasts hard because it, you know even though you can do a lot of things now. The, uh, in in the cloud and with Xbox that you needed Windows Home Server for before, it just it's one of those products that had a rabid following, and I think I, I kind of felt like the signs were there that Microsoft was moving towards phasing it out. But when the news actually hit that guys, it's done. It really it really hit a lot of people tough. Yeah, the, there were there were certainly some signs coming, and uh, you know from within Microsoft, although. Yeah, this was the first time that they'd said this. This is exactly what's happening. Yeah, uh, and yeah, there's a big there's a big jump from what uh, what was a product that you you could buy uh, in conjunction with a, a new sort of uh, you know home server hardware. The cost of it, I think, was around a hundred you know hundred dollars or so. Uh, so it wasn't very expensive to get up and running with this system that could back up all of your computers in your home centrally. Uh, allow remote access into your home network and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a pity that one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's um, I think people were somehow thinking maybe Microsoft would rescue it at the last hour, or there'd be some way that they, that the product would go on. But nope, that's the end. The last one was codenamed Veil. Well, I guess it's all about the cloud, right? It and is, that's, and that's Microsoft's focus going forward is, is. Uh, you know using cloud and inter- internet services for. Uh, yeah, for everything. Right. And, you know, we really haven't heard the whole story yet about exactly how Microsoft's going to use the cloud for backing up things like media and movies, TV shows, um, users' photos. We haven't really heard that whole story yet. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are betting SkyDrive is going to be the solution there, personal cloud for people. And and we've certainly seen things from other vendors, right? So, you know, with, uh, with music, you know, Apple have obviously, uh, you know, Come come along there, and you know you can match your music collection to the cloud without actually it having to take up uh, space online. Right, and you can just imagine that uh, you know Microsoft could do similar things in that space in the future, uh, but they you know certainly have put um, 
you know, a bit of uh, a bit of focus on SkyDrive by um, uh, starting to spread it across the various platforms like our iOS and uh, and Mac and mm-hmm. so on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the the other uh, little piece that we just heard uh, heard today actually is that. Um, the lower end version of SBS, which I don't think it has probably had very broad adoption yet because it's really so new, it was only just released uh, last year. Uh, SBS 2011 Essentials, that although the the, pro- the small business server name is going away, that has been replaced or is being replaced by Windows Server 2012 Essentials, which will effectively be the same product, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, there's a little bit of confusion. Um, the way Microsoft talked about this last week, because they, as you mentioned, they announced the new lineup for Windows Server and what all the different versions were going to be. And then it was kind of like, and by the way, we're killing SBS, which is a small business server. And it has that's another product at Microsoft that has a very rapid following. And there are different versions of it, as you're alluding to here. There's the one that's basically a hybrid cloud and local server, so you can have some of your stuff in the cloud, some of it at home or at work, and you know, on a server that's located there. Um, but then the version that's going away is just the plain old SBS standard, and that product, it's it's a definitely a business product, but something that a lot of Microsoft resellers have built big businesses around. And, you know, not every business is comfortable with the cloud yet, especially smaller businesses. Well, the Essentials product doesn't really fit a lot of businesses because it's it's it tops out at 25 right. users. So the small business server uh, standard and, and premium versions, which supported up to 75 right. users, mm-hmm. have really been the mainstay of the New Zealand uh, small business market. Wow. And, and New Zealand is a... Uh, is an environment where most businesses are small, mm, mm-hmm. so yeah, this is certainly going to um, uh, going to shake things up a little bit in terms of uh, you know where where to from here. Definitely. Mm. So um, that's something we'll we'll keep a we'll keep a bit of a watch on. But I think this week the news that's really uh, probably exciting people is is Windows Eight, right? And, right. and, and it's been of of uh, yeah, people have been following this and 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 interested for some time, of course. Uh, with with the Surface tablet, that's really sort of come come in uh, and and gained a lot of attention in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yep, and we finally have the dates. Yay, that's it. So right? that's really been the big thing this week, I hasn't know, it? Dates. It is. So now we know. Uh, Microsoft said this week that uh, Windows Eight is going to RTM, which means be released to manufacturing. In other words, be done finally, um, and the by the first week of August. Um, so it's almost done. It's just a couple weeks away. And then it will be generally available, which means you can buy new PCs with it already preloaded on them um, and also available through retail as of late October of this year. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a, there's quite a big window there, isn't there? But that's the time from when they ship it off to manufacturers and those manufacturers have to start, uh, you know, loading it onto PCs. Right. They've got a little bit of work in customizing and, and, and testing to do. No doubt they've been doing a lot of that already anyway, but this is really that uh, that final work to get it uh, mm-hmm. to get it ready and get it onto systems. Now, we've also heard some, some positive news in terms of uh, availability, uh, certainly in business and, and possibly for um, for some subscribers to Microsoft's uh, technical services, their uh, MSDN subscription mm-hmm. and TechNet. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly on the business front, we know that, that uh, businesses can get hold of Windows 8 uh, in August, right? right. Which is it's right. only weeks away. I know, yeah. It, that was a nice surprise. I think a lot of businesses were thinking, oh, we might have to wait till September. And if you're getting the new server version, you do have to wait till September. But 
If you're getting Windows client and you're a business and you have a volume licensing agreement with Microsoft, which means you know you're you're a pretty substantially sized business, um, or even the able, smaller businesses have yeah, software assurance, right. so uh, right. so that that gives access too. Right? True. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, you'll be able to get the bits if you want them pretty quickly. Yeah. Oh, that's that's good. Um, now, anything else about Windows 8 that sort of jumped out to you here at uh, at WPC this week? Well, you know what's been interesting to me is um, up until now, I felt like Microsoft really hasn't played up the business side of Windows 8 very much. Like everything we've seen in demos, it's always like, you know, consumer apps, a lot of games they're showing us and weather apps and travel apps. And um, I think a lot of business customers are like, oh, I guess this is just a consumer operating system and it's not really for businesses. It's not for real work. And I feel as though here at this show, there was a real emphasis on the message that we're going to have business apps out when Windows 8's ready, and we're talking to a lot of partners and a lot of customers, and people are building apps. And you may not see them yet, but they're coming. Uh, even even this new other version of Windows, which is called Windows RT, um, which runs on ARM-based tablets, usually things that have a very high battery life, that that's going to have a lot of business applicability too, Microsoft's telling people. So that that was a big theme here that was kind of – you know, not in the headlines, but it was the underlying surface. Underlying the surface, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because it, you know, the the Windows RT, the ARM version, that's going to run on devices. Uh, you know, run on the Surface device, the the smaller, lighter one, uh, and it'll run on other devices that are sort of iPad sort of style in terms of size and weight, right? Right. The the interesting thing that I uh, that I saw about that, and I think you saw this too, was the uh, the demonstration they did of uh, Windows RT running a technology called Remote App, Mm -hmm. uh, which, uh, you know, we knew with Windows 8 that uh, there would be a remote desktop software so you could run applications that were sitting on a a server, which used to be known as a terminal server, a remote desktop server. Uh, But with this remote app capability, it means that your uh, desktop within Windows RT uh, can operate... um, and and run you know virtually any uh, any traditional app that has been running on Windows for years, even though it's not running locally on your machine, it runs over your uh, you know network back to your server mm-hmm. uh, and becomes integrated with the local local uh, applications. Yeah, you're right. They haven't played that up yet at all. I mean, there've been very very few demos of Windows RT. You know, there there've been some vendor done demos and and. You know, a few things posted to YouTube, but we haven't really gotten to see what actually can and can't you do on Windows RT. And so this was pretty interesting to see that there. It was probably one of the biggest demos, if not the biggest, that's been given of I Windows think, RT um, from Microsoft to date. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, it, it, like you said, it was interesting because they they kind of underplayed it a little bit. They said, oh, yeah, and we have this remote app, right? And if you have, a, you know, one or two apps you just can't live without you know, that are Win32, you know, the old-style apps, you'll be able to run them. But, th- I mean, this opens up. You know, we heard that, look, with uh, Windows RT or with the Surface, you know, there'll be a version of Office, but it's aimed at consumers. It's not going to include Outlook. Uh, so, you know, here we are. I think we can't run Outlook. We can run the other Office apps. We can run Windows Explorer and we can run Internet Explorer, and that's it on the desktop. Right. Now we know well we can run uh, we can run Outlook if it's connected via server, mm-hmm. uh, and we can run all these other applications that we that we may wish to, whether it's two of them or 
50 yeah. of them. I um, wonder if they're going to limit the number. Because um, he, he did, the guy we saw demo that said, you know, if you have one or two apps, I wonder if there'll be something in the licensing that says, you can't do this with all your apps. I don't know. Or if they'll even try to limit it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was uh, that was good news for, for those of us that, that want a really nice, thin and light mm-hmm. uh, tablet to be able to carry around uh, and maybe don't want to go for one of the Intel ones, which is going to be a heavier mm-hmm. device. Right. Um, but we're sort of tossing up and thinking, oh, can this really do what I need? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it sounds really good. It does, uh, yeah. You know, that concept of being able to have, you know, just your iPad carrying that around with you or our iPad sort of um, style device but that it will uh, will do these things without mm-hmm. having that extra sort of two or three hundred grams that we're hearing about for the Intel right. devices, I think is uh, yeah, it's quite tempting. Yes, especially if, as we're hearing too, supposedly the Windows RT tablets will have really great battery life. Um, we haven't heard what that battery life is yet, but a lot of people are assuming that'll have that'll be the machine that has the battery life that people really are hoping for. You know, eight hours maybe um, or more, hopefully. Uh, yeah. So that would be great. And, you know, the Intel machines, I think people are saying maybe someday they'll have that kind of battery life, but it won't be right out of the gate. And the, the, certainly in the, the slimmest and lightest ones, they don't tend to have as, as much uh, battery life mm-hmm. as the uh, ARM-based systems, right? Right. Uh, although the, the battery life is increasing all the time, and you, and you can certainly get some with, with some pretty good battery life now. Uh, but that tends to add into the weight. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, now, Microsoft announced an acquisition here at WPC uh, on Monday. We had uh, Steve Barmer uh, bouncing around on stage on Monday, as he as he does, <laughs> breaking uh, microphones. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, perceptive Pixel. Yes. Um, yeah, there. That was an interesting acquisition. Nobody saw that one coming. I don't think who is watching Microsoft. I mean, I'm sure people inside knew, but. Um, it's a company that does large, very large um, display systems. So uh, what's unique about them is they're multi-touch display systems, and you can also use a stylus with them too. And they're very much geared towards um, people using these in office settings. So, you know, if you want to have a, a collaborative whiteboard where you're sharing it with your colleagues or, um, you know, using OneNote, and writing on on a big screen, you know, 82-inch or whatever it is that they they showed it on. Um, So this is the company that Microsoft bought. We don't know how much they paid. But a a very interesting acquisition, and one that's going to sit in the office division um, at Microsoft, which is also interesting. You know, it's a piece of hardware, basically, but it's going to be an office because it's meant to complement office. Mm, Yeah, it's a a very strange acquisition. And what we heard at this stage is those 82-inch, you know, effectively touchscreen uh, you know, TV type devices are in the range of sort of eighty thousand uh, mm-hmm. US dollars at the moment. So it's not uh, <laughs> it's not cheap, is it? No. But they're talking about bringing that down. They are. They they made a point of saying, you know, the goal in buying this is they're going to continue to make these very high end devices for a while and continue to fuel that. But um, the hope is that Microsoft. And maybe its partners, like its OEM partners, are going to be able to find a way to bring this technology down, possibly into smaller form factors, um, and also way down in price. And Microsoft's weighing the best way to do this. You know, should they actually license this out to the OEMs and allow them to make the machines running the appropriate software 
Um, or is Microsoft going to keep it itself and become even more of a hardware vendor than it is with the Surface? You know, actually having Microsoft branded displays—they're they're not quite sure which way to go. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I imagine they've got a, probably a reasonably good handle behind the scenes, but then they uh, yeah. they tend to play their cards, you know, fairly close yeah. these days, don't yeah, they? Yeah, true. Uh, I, I got the feeling though when I talked to them, I, I think they really are not sure which way they're going to go yet. Um, okay. Because, uh, you know, it, it just seems like, wow, now you guys are going to be making not only the Surface PC, but you're going to start making these large panel displays. You know, what, what are you guys doing now? <laughs> yeah. Now, were you able to get a handle on what is so unique about this type of touchscreen technology other than, uh, you know, in this case, its size mm-hmm. uh, compared to other touchscreen technologies that have been around for a little while? Mm-hmm. Um, so the... I think what attracted Microsoft to this company is the tie-in with Office because Microsoft had its own large touchscreen touch technology that used to be called the Surface and now it's called Pixel Sense. Uh, you know, those were those big tables that they used to have that... Um, Started out with a projector right. and cameras and then moved to a technology right. from Samsung. And that, w- that ended up becoming more of like a kind of a novelty item, something that you could use in retail, like, like a few retailers took shipments of them. Um, hospitality industry, but they, it didn't really, it wasn't meant to be like something you used with Office or OneNote or Link, Microsoft Link. It was meant very much to be like uh, something you you use kind of just for the novelty of it more than anything. Right. Whereas what we what we saw uh, with, with the Perceptive Pixel demo was the screen being used very much as a whiteboard right. uh, with, with touch or even with a stylus. Mm-hmm. And for it to, uh, you know, handle those things really, really well. Yeah, yeah. and I think um, this wasn't really played up a whole lot, but I'm sure there are some very interesting patents that Perceptive Pixel brings to Microsoft now. Mm. And so they've acquired the patents since they've acquired the company. Yeah, and that's uh, that's pretty important at the moment, as we know, it with is. all these lawsuits that are floating around uh, all, all over the place. Exactly. <laughs> uh, interesting. Just saw today that uh, Microsoft and Motorola have put on hold some of their uh, litigation against each other. Yep. Uh, for a little while, but no doubt that will uh, pop back up again in a, in a, in a few months. Yeah, that one c- comes and goes, like, you know, who's going to slap which product with an injunction so you can't import it into which country? It's kind of all over the map there. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Now, another little bit of uh, news. We saw uh, the guys from New Zealand company Green Button uh, were, up, were up on stage uh, with uh, showing off some uh, some technology from uh, Microsoft uh, research team. Mm-hmm. What did yep. you uh, What did you think of that one? Yeah, I, you know, there's there's this guy. The guy who did this demo, his name is Steve Clayton at Microsoft. He has a very unique title. His title is storyteller. That's ah, his real title. That's and really cool. He, so what his job is is he goes around to all the different places inside Microsoft, whether it's research lab or one of their other labs. They have this thing called the garage, which is like an incubation. Um, unit inside of Microsoft, he gets to go around and find cool unsung technology, mostly natural user interface technology. So, you know, finding new ways to get people to interact with their PCs. Um, and he highlights this. His, his whole job is to bring this out, you know, make videos of it and go public with it in, in a way that Microsoft didn't typically do so that people can see at an earlier stage, like these are some of the things that Microsoft's considering and experimenting with as a possible new way to do um, user input. Yeah. So the what what we saw, I guess, was a um, 
tech technology. They're calling it Mavis. Mm-hmm. And it was all about being able to uh, search through audio and video content and actually uh, treat that as though it was digital text in mm. some way. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, look, it looks quite interesting. I'll, be, I'll uh, certainly be wanting to, uh, to, to follow up and to see where, where Green Button uh, go, go with this one. So uh, those that are interested, have a look at uh, the Green Button uh, website. It was... Um, Dave uh, Fellows again, who was uh, who was up on stage talking mm-hmm. about that, um, and he was, uh, I think it was uh, last year or the year before, if not both, that uh, Green Button have also uh, been sent to stage at uh, at WPC. So mm-hmm. they're obviously doing some uh, some good stuff down down there uh, in uh, in Wellington. So um, yeah, congrats to um, to the Green Button guys. Now uh, the other bit, I guess, of of Microsoft news. This week has been uh, the Imagine Cup contest, right? Uh, which has taken place uh, right around the world with um, student teams uh, entering the contest. Which, my opinion of it, it's been a little bit uh, of a sort of a mix between a software development contest and a sort of a business startup right. contest. Does that is. does that yeah. make sort of sense to you? It totally does. Yep. Yeah, because uh, it was in New York last year, right? It was. And did you go along being based there? Yep. Yeah. It was. It's really cool to go to those things because I, I think you get jaded when you're a tech reporter. You know, you go to the <laughs> same old conferences and you're like, oh yeah, nope. You know, people are fighting whatever Microsoft's bringing out and they don't really care. But then you go to this and you see all these really young kids. I mean, they're kids and. They are doing these amazing projects that are just unbelievable, like things that are world-changing pretty much. And the excitement that they have about technology, it really, it, it's very infectious. It's like you, you get all excited too again about it. Yeah, well, I, I, got, um, I got a chance to, uh, to be one of the preliminary judges in New Zealand oh, wow. uh, nice. for, for um, uh, leading up to the finals. And yeah, it was actually great to uh, just to get up close and to see uh, to see what's involved and the different ideas that are coming through from the teams. And uh, yeah, huge huge amount of energy and enthusiasm that's uh, that that's gone into it. And uh, this week it was uh, Sydney where they held the uh, held the finals. Uh, now the team which we interviewed on the on the podcast actually a, um, a couple of uh, couple of months ago. Uh, which was Team Mobile Eye with with their technology to um, to help blind people, which oh, was, wow. was actually yeah some very um, some 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 great ideas there with uh, use of the smartphone to uh, to take a picture and then uh, pass it back to a, a crowdsourcing um, through a crowdsourcing mechanism so the person on the other end could tell you what was actually around you in your environment uh, was obviously well picked up by the judges because they. Um, they were in the top six this year, oh, which wow. was great. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that's the third year in a row where uh, where a New Zealand team has landed in the top six. So, uh, well done to, uh, to to Team Mobile Eye. Uh, now, the the winner this year um, had quite an interesting uh, concept. I don't know if you saw it, yeah. but these gloves that. Uh, uh, you put on, and again, this one r- relates to uh, to blind people, and uh, their gloves with accelerometers and various other sensors, mm-hmm. uh, and allow the use of sign language to then be uh, machine translated. Mm-hmm. So cool. somebody can do sign language, but they don't need to actually 
be signing to somebody that understands sign language because the uh, the software and the gloves actually do that oh, wow. uh, do that translation. Who, which team was that? Was that Ukraine? Uh, I think I think it was actually. Yeah. Uh, I saw I saw yeah. a video of that and it looked really interesting. I was like, wow, that's that's a very unique thing. <laughs> And the other thing that I thought was fascinating about it was that um, that they were talking about it coming down to it, to being uh, well, they were certainly hoping to get it down to a, a price of around US seventy five dollars oh, wow. each to uh, uh, to make this technology. So uh, I don't know if that uh, you know if that will be a reality when they get into uh, when they get into production. But uh, yeah, very. Um, very good to uh, to see that, and I understand that they landed a, a prize of uh, about twenty five thousand wow. uh, US dollars. Not so bad. it was worth them uh, worth them getting getting involved. And I imagine they must have uh, there were local prizes as well, so they must have uh, won won something else along the way. Mm-hmm. So uh, nice. yeah, great to uh, great to see those local contests for for anyone who is. Um, interested in participating uh, in the future ones because they do these every year and they'll tend to kick off uh, probably around uh, September or October sort of time frame. Then uh, although we've just finished this one, it won't be too far off until right. the next one starts again. So um, so it's worth going and having a look at the uh, the Imagine Cup uh, contest if you're, uh, if you're interested in that. Uh, now, moving along... Uh, other bits and pieces of news that's come through: uh, Dropbox have just doubled the capacity on their uh, on their paid accounts. Oh wow! Which mm. is uh, which is quite nice. Are you a Dropbox I user? Am. Yeah. Yep. Now, how where do you see Dropbox sort of fitting again? You know, we've now got a number of providers that are offering these cloud based uh, cloud based storage systems. Right. Uh, but Dropbox has really been the main and the they predominant have. one for you know for some time. It's true, and. You know, I think a lot of people thought Microsoft was going to go head-to-head with them around Live Mesh. Remember that technology they That's had? That's right, yeah. And, um, you know, what Microsoft ended up doing was taking some pieces of Live Mesh and making them part of SkyDrive, the current version of SkyDrive. So I think um, it's it's an idea that people are getting more used to, like the way to share documents isn't to just, like, you know, be passing them between each other, emailing them or whatever. You're just sending them through through a service like this. And people, I think, are getting more comfortable with the idea. Um, the fact that Microsoft's really pushing that as one of the things you can do with SkyDrive as well tells you everybody wants a piece of this, right? Yeah, it's, and the interesting thing for me is that we, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of these consumer-type services, um, but I haven't really seen it uh, translate well into business, into you know, business environments right. where there where there are big teams, right? And that's that's part of what Microsoft are doing with SharePoint, and right. uh, you know there there are other products in that space. But uh, yeah, no one seems to have quite really nailed the perfect uh, business solution just mm-hmm. yet. But that's true. Yeah. I'm sure we'll see that uh, that progressing over time. And you know, SharePoint, of course, is going to get a get a refresh. And really, there's there's a whole new uh, version of Office and all the surrounding products that are that are due to um, you know due to be released really in one sort of cycle soon, isn't there? Yeah, the uh, public beta, so there's supposed to be one and only public beta of, of these new Office products, which have been called, the code name's been Office 15, but mm. the final name is Office 2013, we're pretty sure. And uh, the public beta was supposed to be this summer sometime, Microsoft had said, and I keep hearing before the end of July, so we're almost out of time there. Yeah, um, yeah. Should be soon, very, very soon. Yep, and that'll be the, the desktop office applications and OneNote, Word, Excel, 
Outlook, etc. Mm-hmm. But also the Exchange and SharePoint pro- products come into that category, don't they? Right. I think I think they're, they're talking about keeping everything in lockstep, which is new for them. So you get all the new Office client, you get all these servers like Exchange, Link, SharePoint, and then you also get Office 365, which is the cloud-hosted versions of these servers from Microsoft. So they're revving everything at the same time, which is a pretty huge undertaking. Okay, here's a question for you. Windows RT, we were told that Windows RT would come with Office. Right. What does that mean? So (laughs) what does that mean? Does it mean there's there's an option to download it when you get your machine? Because we haven't even seen any sort of pre-release beta version of Office right now, and we're told that, you know, Windows is about to be finalized. Products are going to be on shelves by late October. Right. We'll be able to go in and buy our new Windows RT machines. What What do you know? What are your yeah. uh, What What have you been hearing? Well, I so I don't know for sure because all Microsoft has said, as you just said, is uh, the there will be Office 15 included with Windows RT. So what that really means is there's four apps: it's Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and OneNote. There's RT versions of those apps. So there's something called Word RT, Excel RT, and um, these apps right now are only in, um, they're in test form. So they're not supposed to be out in final form, as far as I've heard, until November. So if Windows 8 comes out and Windows RT come out in October, these apps are supposed to be finalized in November. So my guess is you're going to get test versions of these apps on your tablet somehow, on your Windows RT tablet, that either in the store or preloaded. I'm not sure. Right. And then when the final is out, you'll get a notification in the store saying, okay, now you can upgrade to the final version. That's my guess. And I guess that's not unheard of for Microsoft. No. We saw that with Windows uh, Server 2008 right? Uh, with the Hyper-V virtualization technology, and they included the beta version with mm-hmm. it and then the final version came out as a as a download separately didn't right. it right yep so it, it can be done yeah um you know it it'll be interesting to see how they actually uh make this clear to people you know because in the past not so long ago microsoft got in big trouble for bundling things you know they had to go to court they had to go you know, they received fines from antitrust regulators so i think they're they're a little more bold now about what does it mean to bundle something and you know apple's doing it other people are doing it so why can't we do it um but i think they're still a little bit gun shy about saying you know i'm going to put a free version of this on your machine so you're going to get it when you get the operating system and right machine. so it might be a free download instead might be yeah might be. yeah okay uh now kim.com have you been hearing about kim.com over here we have and i've ignored <laughs> this as much as possible <laughs> he's a larger than life figure <laughs> he is he's uh he's actually really tall that's what everybody says they say yeah. he's a giant guy yeah right? yeah when i saw him it was like Wow! Did you yeah. see him in the flesh? Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. There, there was an event uh, a, a couple of weeks ago oh, wow. that, uh, that 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 I saw him at, and uh, and and some of um, uh, what he refers to as his co-accused. Um, but <laughs> they they've been in the media a lot over the past few weeks, and one of the things that's just come through uh, is that his extradition hearing has been pushed out to March two thousand and thirteen. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the thought was, well, there's no chance of him him going anywhere until then. Mm. Uh, 
but he's also then put out a little bit of a taunt to the uh, to the CIA and said, "Look, if uh, if you'll give me all my money back so I can defend myself, and and you give me access to yeah. uh, um, to all the files, then uh, look, I'll be happy to come to the US under my own steam." What well. do you think of that? <laughs> Hmm, sounds a little suspicious to me. <laughs> what do you think? Well, pro- 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 probably a sign uh, <laughs> that it, that uh, he knows that they wouldn't do that. Exactly. Um, but um, yeah, fascinating all fascinating all the same, and it's yeah. kind of it's kind of fun to watch it anyway. Is. It is, um, re- regardless of uh, of of what you think about um, you know whether he's a criminal or not. It's uh, yeah, it's certainly entertaining. He needs to be on Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> Bouncing around on the couch. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and the other little bit of news that um, that's relevant for, for New Zealand, and we, we've heard this over the past couple of weeks. Unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to jump in and, uh, and test it, but we, we heard probably about two weeks ago that Pandora had opened up their, uh, and this is Pandora Radio, the Pandora uh, music streaming service, uh, which is somewhat different to Spotify and some of the other players in the market, although it's been around uh, for quite some time now, a lot longer than than um, uh, Spotify, I think. Uh, and it's it's traditionally been available on you know a range of devices as well mm-hmm. as via the web. That that's opened up via the web for the New Zealand oh, nice. and Australian markets just nice. uh, just in the last few weeks from a, from a testing perspective. So uh, if anyone has managed to uh, get in there and uh, and try that out, we'll be interested to. Uh, uh, to hear from them. The first we heard was that uh, people visiting their their site from New Zealand uh, were actually able to get through rather than uh, rather than just getting told that the service wasn't uh, mm. wasn't available locally. Um, our understanding is that it isn't available through Xbox and other devices. It's purely on the web at the moment. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's how we've got it. Uh, well, that that probably wraps up really our key uh, our key topics for this episode. Okay. Uh, anything else standing out from um, from Microsoft's Worldwide Partner Conference, Mary Jo, that you can uh, think of? Um, you know, the one other interesting little tidbit we heard today was Microsoft's going to have um, 44 stores open by mid-2013. They finally coughed up a number today. <laughs> That's a big increase because they've had sort of 20-something yeah. uh, at the – they're around that sort of number at the moment, right? Right. That's right. And what they did talk about today was they're – they're going to be opening a store here in Toronto, which got the audience pretty jazzed. Um, and also one in Puerto Rico. Uh, sadly, still we haven't heard about New York or New Zealand. Uh, so yeah, it, it, but it does seem, you know, the fact that they're moving into Canada and uh, even even uh, Puerto Rico, which is, uh, I guess, not an American state, is it? But no, it's but um, So it is sort of international, yeah. even though it's a... Um, comes under the US right right, right. Uh, so that's I guess that that would be a sign that there are going to be international Microsoft stores in the future in the same way that Apple have stepped out and and launched stores around the world although again we haven't seen those stores in New Zealand yet oh, wow. uh, mm-hmm. Sydney is the is the closest mm-hmm. one and that's a pretty impressive uh, store mm-hmm. over uh, I think four levels oh wow um so that's a, a reasonably major one wow. uh so yeah there, there's i guess there's a good indication we'll um that you know that's just going to accelerate isn't it over right. time but i mean apple right now has over 300 stores worldwide so we're mm. talking 44 stores okay we're getting there right but um what what they also said today was when windows 8 launches um they're gonna do a lot of pop-up holiday stores it'll be interesting to see where they do those because 
you know, the Surface, um, one of the main places you're going to be able to buy that Microsoft Surface PC is in the Microsoft stores. So if there aren't that many stores, that really limits the distribution of that quite a bit. It does. It limits it to online and through the stores. Now, something that you know, I think some of our audience will, will have seen the Surface and the videos and, and online and will be thinking, I would like one of these. It actually looks really, really cool. Yeah. What have you heard around international distribution? Well, uh, they've been very cagey about it because when, I, when I've when i asked repeatedly, because a lot of my readers want to know, hey, I'm not going to be in the U.S., can I get one? Um, they've told me that if you want to buy one, there'll be select uh, Microsoft online stores that you can buy them through on the web. Not, I don't think every Microsoft store, but um, a number of them will be designated as ones that are authorized to carry the Surface. Um, the downside to that, of course, is you don't get to try it um, in in person before you buy it, which is kind of tough because it's a very different device. The keyboards are very different. Um, I, I think it looks really good. I'm really excited about it from what I've seen, but I haven't tried one yet either. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think they need um, – yeah, but I, this also may be part of their controlled distribution strategy. It's going to be a slow ramp up for them to get all the manufacturing in place. I mean, they've never built their own PCs before. So um, this may be the controlled way to get it out, you know, test how they're going to do with manufacturing and all. And then if it does catch on and people love it, then they can crank it up and, and widen the channel. Yeah, okay. Now, you're an iPad user. I am. And you have you have been for some time. Yes. Where, where, how important do you think the Surface is do you think that people that aren't uh, Microsoft watchers and and reporters and and so closely sort of aligned? Do you think it's going to hit that broader audience that has really uh, l- you know really fallen in love to a big degree with the Apple brand? You know there's there's just uh, so many iPhones uh, and and iOS devices sort of moving into the market every single day and the same way we're seeing you know similar things although you know bigger numbers on the phone but less on the tablet when we look at Android um, what's Microsoft's opportunity here yeah it's Can, hard it's hard to say right because <laughs> so many people call the tablet market now the iPad market like, yeah it is the iPad market pretty much I mean you have Android tablets too but they, they've got nowhere near the market share of the iPad and you know Microsoft's coming in here late. Um, they're coming in here from a position of weakness, even though they were the, actually the first company to have a tablet. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see a couple things, like can they pull people away from the iPad? Um, or will they even try? Or will they go after the group of people who haven't bought the iPad and are kind of wondering, should I, shouldn't I get a, a tablet? Which um, has been their take with Windows Phone, has. hasn't it? And, you know, they've tr- they're have they trying to target those that haven't already committed to, right. a, to a platform. Right. And that that's not working too well. They're not, not selling a lot of Windows Phones. No, they're not. Um, so, you know, I think where they could have a really strong um, play is people who are already in a very Microsoft-centric ecosystem who want a tablet. And they don't want to necessarily introduce a foreign element like the iPad. You know, that was my big thing. When I bought my iPad two years ago, I would have bought a a, a Surface if that existed at that time because it would have been easier. It would have been easier to just integrate because everything else I have is Microsoft. I have, a, you know, a Windows PC. I have a Windows phone. It would have been great to have a Windows tablet. Instead, I had to put iTunes on Windows, which is not a great experience. And... 
um, it just kind of always feels like the outlier in my setup, you know, and I think other users may feel like that too. If you work in an environment that's very heavily Microsoft centric, sometimes it's just easier to have all one brand. Yeah, I guess the uh, the Surface and and these new uh, Win- Windows 8, Windows RT tablets in general, they've been a long time coming, haven't they? they have. And in that time, uh, you know, Microsoft has ceded a lot of the market to uh, to, to Apple. So. Right. Um, yeah, it's really they're going to have to work hard, I think, to uh, you know to to claw back or to claw some uh, some some space out. But they're working very hard to to achieve it. You you were talking uh, about ecosystems mm-hmm. uh, before, and that's an interesting one uh, for us in New Zealand because uh, you know there, there's some there's some real holes in Microsoft's ecosystem yeah. outside of the US. There is, and uh, you know music is one of those examples. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know we talked about um, you know Pandora and Spotify and so on. Uh, you know, before Spotify came, there was uh, there was a Zoom music subscription, right? Uh, but that still hasn't been launched in, in New Zealand, mm. for instance. So, mm. you know, you can you can uh, you can see that Microsoft's got some work to do to fill in some yeah. of these other gaps to create that that broad ecosystem that can really compete directly with what uh, Apple and Google are doing. Right? Yeah, they totally do. And you know, the other thing is they have to show why you would want to surface. I mean. They, what they've talked about is it's almost like a luxury device, right? It's like custom parts. It's got this Vapor MG case, which is some special material that can't scratch. I mean, it has all the makings of something that would be very much like a coveted consumer appliance, you know. Um, and the question is, can they really deliver that? Like, you know, a keyboard that snaps in with a custom hinge and it's t- choice of two keyboards. One's like a touch keyboard. One's a, t- a typist keyboard with raised keys so i mean it sounds great on paper right and the and the video looks really cool uh, the question is when you pick it up and hold it and feel it does it feel like something you really want to own because that's what the ipad has like when you and, have and it, will it it's be available awesome. all around the world right we don't know you know we don't really have that whole no, picture right we don't yeah yeah Okay. Oh well, that that's that's good. Uh, and Windows Phone, there are, there are a few little uh, snippets around Windows Phone as well this week, right? And um, uh, of course, Android's been moving along as well. And iOS with iOS six announced. Right. There's a lot of sp- there's a lot of movement and a lot of competition in the uh, in the smartphone space. There is. Uh, last week or, or yeah, a week or so ago was uh, was Google and Google's announcement about Android four point one. The Jelly Bean release, which we've just heard, is uh, is now becoming available for the Samsung Nexus uh, device. That uh, I know that some of the listeners have uh, that that love Android have sort of jumped on board mm-hmm. uh, with that one. We haven't heard about the other devices. I've got the Galaxy S three here. We don't know when that's coming. Yeah. Uh, but Windows Phone has been all the buzz has really been about Windows Phone eight, hasn't it? And there's it been a little bit of news around that this week. Yeah, they. Um, it, it was really interesting to see the partner reaction uh, to Windows Phone 8 because you and I, we've seen all these demos a million times already, even though it hasn't been that long. But, uh, you know, a lot of people in the audience here in Toronto had never seen the Windows 8, Windows Phone 8 demo, and they showed it, and people were, like, almost giving them a standing ovation, right? Uh, they were so, like, impressed with what it looked like. They talked about the business features that are coming, like the secure boot and the encryption and they showed the wallet. Um, so they, they talked about, you know, the resizable tiles, how you're going to have the three tiles and you can pick the size. So I think there, there were things people said, oh, that actually looks pretty good. Yeah. I, well, it's uh, interesting. The audience, the audience at a conference like this uh, is, you know, 
business owners and execs mm-hmm. and so on that yeah they 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 um they're not necessarily tech or gadget right. enthusiasts at all no uh they just you know they happen to work in the technology exactly. space and they they understand it but they don't necessarily have a uh, um enough enthusiasm to sort of keep up with the play on these things so yeah it was interesting to to see it you know it was as though nobody had seen any of these things before and for us oh that's old news that was uh, <laughs> that was that two was, weeks that ago that was at least a fortnight ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah inter- interesting to see but uh yeah no that that stuff did look good and one thing i hadn't seen was the the bigger live tiles mm-hmm. which really the same as what we're seeing on Windows 8 where you can get a preview of a text message or right. or, or an email without having to go into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, in some ways are you know a, quite similar, um, although different stylistically to what we see uh, with the widgets on on Android where mm-hmm. you can you can see uh, see more by resizing uh, you know those widgets and seeing more content. Yeah, uh, that looks good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I, I really um, hope some good devices come to Verizon in the U.S. That's a carrier I'm on in the U.S. So right now we only have one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a – I think it's 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 going to be a problem everywhere until Windows Phone starts selling. It is. And it's such a chicken and egg, right? Yeah, the question is will, will – uh, because it really is – it's, you know, it's effectively – uh, you know, sharing the same uh, code and so on as Windows 8 itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as people get on board with Windows 8, will they want the phone that matches it? Right. And that's that's a question that I'm not sure anybody knows the answer I know. to. Although it's so funny to see people who either never seen Windows Phone or never have seen Windows 8 and how they react when they see the other device, right? Like... They're so stunned, you know, it, it's like we've seen them all together and we see we understand the whole Metro idea and all that, how they're trying to have the common user interface everywhere. And um, when people who've never seen Windows Phone see it, they're like, wow, those tiles look really good. You know, and then they see it on the PC and they're like, oh, there are those tiles again. You know, so it's, it's funny to watch newbies and people who aren't familiar with the Windows phone see the tiles for the first time. Yeah, well, I mean, from what from what I can see, and it was interesting, uh, Microsoft CEO Kevin Turner was talking this morning and he showed some stats around uh, customer satisfaction with Windows phone mm-hmm. and and showing that it's, it's actually higher than the customer satisfaction on any of the other smartphone platforms. And, you know, I guess I started using Windows Phone when it first came out. And I was really, really, you know, really impressed with it. I thought, hey, this this is great. Yeah. Um, but it it hasn't, um, or it just isn't known about by a, a lot of public. So, you know, you're normally hearing everything is about uh, iPhones and Androids. So even though in 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 those uh, set customer satisfaction surveys and and feature wise it might be fantastic mm-hmm. it's often been off the radar so totally. yeah. um, that's going to have to turn around if uh, if Microsoft are going to get uh, traction I guess with the carriers right so for a, uh, Verizon in your case and for us to see uh, telecom two degrees Vodafone uh, investing in more uh, options yeah uh, then yeah, there needs to be a bigger, uh, a much bigger sales because they're carrying lots of Android devices mm-hmm. and they'll do whatever they can to sell you, uh, you know, uh, an iPhone uh, and to get you signed up on a big contract. But uh, yeah, Windows Phone doesn't really get a huge amount of attention, uh, other than I guess the recent Nokia launches, which have uh, you right. know given it a bit of a buzz for a little while. But that soon dies off if there isn't another model coming through, right? It's true. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, well, thank you very much, Mira Jo, for, uh, for joining us here on yes. the NZ Tech Podcast. Now, if people want to find you online, where, where are you? I am on uh, ZDNet and, or do I say ZZ? How do I say it in <laughs> well, New Zealand? <laughs> it, it is known as ZDNet. So, uh, but so you it, guys will say so, it that way. Yeah, but we would call it a Z, so ZDNet. Yeah, that Z-D-net. sounds kind of weird, actually. It does, right? <laughs> uh, knowing but that you're ZDNet. Here's an easier way to find me, allaboutmicrosoft.com. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> and you're, um, you're co-host of the Windows Weekly Podcast. I am. And yes. okay, so that and that's also available through all the same places as the NZ Tech podcast. So it is. anyone that is a uh, is a fan and uh, wants to keep up to date with what's going on, then uh, you and uh, Paul Thorot yes. uh, have a weekly chit chat about what's going on in the Microsoft world, and yes. you get fairly in depth, don't you? Yeah, we get very deep. If if you like things like coding and developer stuff, and um, I do a lot of enterprise stuff. So if you're a SharePoint fan or CRM fan, we talk about all that stuff. Good, good. Excellent. And that comes out uh, usually Friday in the U.S., so sort Mm -hmm. of Saturday in New Zealand, right? Right. Okay, that's great. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening in. Uh, You can, of course, find us online at nztechpodcast.com. We like to be liked at facebook.com slash nztechpodcast. Uh, and, of course, we're on Twitter as well, NZ Tech Podcast. Uh, and you can find uh, me online uh, at paulspain.com or techjungle.com. Uh, my Twitter handle is my name, Paul Spain. Mary Jo, your Twitter handle? Mary Jo Foley, all one word. Excellent. Okay. Well, that's us. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. See ya.